0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome one and all to the CX Club podcast, a series dedicated to tackling some of the hardest-hitting subjects within the world of customer experience. Tune in as we strap up our hands pull on our gloves and punch our way through some of the most challenging and contentious issues faced by our industry today. Join us in the ring as we face off against mediocre customer experience thinking and practices, aiming to raise the bar for CX strategists, academics and practitioners alike. There's no point in lying, it won't always be easy, but in our search to uncover the truth Through the blood, sweat and tears, lifelong bonds and friendships will be forged. I'm Tyler Durden. I mean, Ian Williams. Have you got what it takes to be the best? Stay tuned to find out. Customer experience principle number 11. If you cannot tie your customer experience strategy back to individual customers then your customer experience strategy is a paper exercise. For most organizations they will have a CRM system or a customer database. CRM system is the heartbeat of their customer management activities. I'm not just talking about sales and marketing to customers. Some people use CRM systems very effectively to drive the service management as well. However, I also often see Many organizations create a CX strategy completely independent of thinking about what happens within their CRM system. So let me give you one specific example. Some organizations go through the process of what they call creating psychographic personas. They get people in a room, they do a workshop, and they say, what do we believe the different psychographic personas of our customer base are? What psychographics is all about is about identifying attitudes, belief systems and lifestyles for customers. And in principle it sounds like a really good idea, trying to get closer to your customers, trying to get inside their head, understanding their attitudes and beliefs and lifestyles. So you sit in a room and they come up with, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe a dozen psychographic personas. The problem is is that psychographics is not a um, brainstorming technique. Psychographics is a research technique it's about how you research customers and look at their behaviors in order to understand better what their attitudes beliefs and lifestyles are you can put cameras in a supermarket and observe the way that people go around the supermarket in order to understand their uh, attitudes beliefs and behaviors better that's what psychographics about is sitting in a, a, a workshop and then brainstorming the different psychographic profiles. The problem that you have is if you've come up with these psychographic profiles and you believe that you understand the attitudes and behaviors and belief systems of different groups of the customer and you're going to base your entire delivery strategy upon these psychographic personas, the challenge that you have is that because you as an organization hold absolutely no or very, very little psychographic information within your CRM system, how are you going to decide which of your customers belongs to which psychographic persona? You can't. How are you going to then say, well, this particular treatment strategy, which has been derived from our psychographic persona, gets applied to this customer this customer and this customer you can't it doesn't work I know this is a bit controversial because psychographic personas get talked about a lot within our industry but they simply don't work I I do use personas but I don't use psychographic personas and the way that we build personas is we first of all do profiling activity with our customers which is the building of customer profiles from various different data points around an organization Once you have your profiles, you can then go through customer segmentation, which is breaking your customer down into different homogenous groups, using your profiling data. It's quite a detailed technique that we actually go through, but we use machine learning techniques that uh, produce clusters of customers, and then we go through the process of identifying what those clusters are. And we can end up with behavioral clusters, uh, behavioral segments, not psychographic segments. And behaviour isn't just about what people do. Behaviour, if you get really sophisticated, is about why they are doing it as well. Why is a customer doing business with you? If you know enough about what they are doing, if you know that they are doing this and this and this and this, you can build those different what's together into a why. And that gives you a behavioural profile that doesn't just explain what someone is doing, but it also explains why they are doing it why they are doing business with your organisation. The next step is after we've we've done our profiling, we've done our behavioural segmentation, the next step in the process is building the, the personas. But what we do is we take the segments that we've already identified, actual segments that exist within the data, and we evolve those into personas. What a persona is is an emotional picture of groups of customers. So you should be doing your segmentation activity and your persona activity independently. Your personas should be an evolution of the segments that you create. Once you've done your persona building, and, and just just for more information, it, a persona building is about taking a segment and then layering in emotional information about your different groups of customers about your segments because segments are all data driven they're driven from your clustering activity but what they don't tell you is they don't tell you the emotional makeup of your customers so you have to take your data driven behavioral customer segments and then layer in emotional information in order that you can convert your segments into personas the next step is we take each of those personas and for each persona that we've identified we do a separate customer journey mapping exercise. Now, if you've got the last exercise that we did, we ended up with eight segments, 21 sub-segments. The client said, well, the most important segments for us are this segment, this segment, and this segment. So we picked three of the eight, but for each of the three segments that we worked with, for each of the three personas that we worked with, we developed a separate customer journey mapping exercise for each of them because let's have a look at the airline industry. Your business commuter who flies, uh, this is somebody who flies to work on a Monday morning, they stay away from home all week and then they fly home on a Friday night. A business commuter, their behavior is completely different from the behavior of a vacationer. Let Let me explain. A business commuter will fly 30 to 40 times a year because they fly 30 to 40 weeks of the year to their job, they will fly out on a Monday morning, they'll fly back on a Friday night. They will always fly to and from the same origin and destination. They will usually fly by themselves, they will usually not check in luggage. So if somebody has all of those different patterns of behaviour, all of those different what's, we can combine all of those watts together and says, well, if somebody has all of these different watts together within their profile, we know for a fact that they are a business commuter because no other customer follows that pattern of behaviour. But a vacationer, for example, they usually fly uh, three, four, five people at a time. They'll do it once a year, maybe once every other year. They will always check in luggage. They will be inexperienced with regard to what they're doing through the airport. All of those different things make the experience of a vacationer completely and utterly different from the experience of a business commuter. And therefore, why would you want to take these two groups of customers through exactly the same customer journey mapping process? These two. Groups of customers have completely different journeys. And therefore, every time we identify a persona, if the customer wants to understand the customer journey of that persona, then we take each persona through a separate customer journey mapping exercise. Those customer journey mapping exercises then identify, as we said before, pain points, moments of truth, wow opportunities, And commercial opportunities and it's those issues and opportunities that we then build into a transformation program and we might do business process for engineering we do agile design sprints etc etc and then right at the end of the process we might introduce a VOC platform in order that we can monitor the ongoing uh, customer experience of customers and we make sure that when the VOC platform is implemented it is implemented to match the customer journey framework that we develop when we do the customer journey mapping exercises. This is the process that we follow. Profiling, segmentation, persona building, journey mapping, transformation activity, followed by monitoring at the end of it. And amongst all of that is the brand management part as well, because of course we're having to manage the other side of the customer's expectation as well you've been listening to the CX Club podcast, a series dedicated to tackling some of the hardest-hitting subjects within the world of customer experience. Subscribe to our channel and join us on our round-by-round conquest in the search for CX Enlightenment. And remember, the first rule of CX Club is to talk about CX Club. And the second rule of CX Club is to talk about CX Club. I've been Ian Williams or I'm I, Tyler Durden. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit cxofm.org for more resources.